This is Jennifer of Self Robotics reporting to you on all things drones. Rick Paulus has something for us in the film industry. The unintentionally brilliant marketing of Blair Witch. Copy. The four of us were driving to see a snuff film. We were from Oak Forest, Illinois, a quiet Chicago suburb nestled and lost in the confusing southern sprawling tableau of other oaks and other forests. The town had bars, but we were only 18. It had the haunted cemeteries, but we'd already tiptoed between those overgrown gravestones instead. We had to find excitement where we could. Crank calls, eggings, full seasons of Nintendo's RBI baseball, squinting through wavy, fleshy lenses of scrambled porn, and just driving, with no particular destination in mind. One of our crew had heard about the new documentary about the disappearance of three student filmmakers in the woods somewhere. Their bodies were never recovered, but... Their footage was found. Someone had edited it into consumable 81 minutes. Word was, this was the scariest movie of all time. On July 16, 1999, it was released on 27 select screens throughout the country. Among them, the Music Box Theater, a downtown Chicago movie palace from 1929. There was no guarantee it had ever paid anywhere else, so the four of us popped into someone's parents' car and drove 40 minutes into the city. We believed to watch three people die on camera. Why did we think the Blair Witch Project was real? The internet told us so. Eduardo Sanchez and Dan Murek met in film school at the University of Central Florida. In 1993, they come up with the board outline for a movie about filmmakers who disappeared while shooting a documentary. The project was known simply as The Woods. It'd be a shot in a classic documentary format incorporating interviews with parents, local law enforcement, and Wiccan experts, interspersed with B-roll footage of the subsequent in investigation. Archival footage of previous events at the location, a history of the mythological Blair Witch, and yes, actual footage from the missing filmmakers. After graduation, their pal Greg Hale came onto the project as a producer, and the three created an eight-minute proof-of-concept reel to lure potential investors, essentially a short version of the proposed documentary, hoping the sample would loosen enough wallets to fund the project. Murick, meanwhile, found himself assisting legendary indie producer John Pearson, who had unsheared Spike Lee, Kevin Smith, Michael Moore and Richard Linkater into the industry. Film a short documentary about a kitschy Florida tourist trap called Gatorland. The short was for Pearson's split screen, an IFC show that highlighted 
the independent filmmakers by giving them essentially free reign to produce standalone segments. Murek took the opportunity to show off their investors' reel. Quote, Sick Pearson thought it was legit. End quote, said Murek. Quote, When I told him it was all fake, he asked if I could show it. Pearson offered the guys a deal. They'd make two segments, one as a first season teaser slash cliffhanger, one for the second season, and he'd give them $5,000 for each. Of course, the guys took the deal. The money would become nearly half of the blockbuster's now legendary $22,500 budget. The first segment, which still lives on YouTube, combined with the original demo reel, the filmmakers gone missing, the history of the Blair Witch legend, Rustin Parr murders, a possible cover-up by local police. With a shortened denim, including hacks and films, they were hired by the filmmakers' families to comb through the reels of tapes they had been recently discovered in an abandoned cabin woods in the forest. Any hints as to the documentarian's whereabouts would, hopefully, be on tapes. This is Jennifer with All Things Drones reporting to you on All Things Drones. And giving props to the Blair Witch people for incorporating our drones into their films. And reminding you to always recycle your obsolete drones.